0: A roundup of the main business news from China and elsewhere. This is Global Business.
1: From
2: CGTN headquarters here in Beijing, this is Global Business. I'm Michelle Vandenberg. Coming up on the program. China's central bank keeps benchmark lending rates unchanged and monthly fixing on Monday. The 7th Silk Road International Expo wraps up today with officials and business leaders from dozens of countries exploring ways to foster future economic partnerships. The China 5G Plus Industrial Internet Conference commences in the central Chinese city of Wuhan with participants looking to foster innovation in the 5G and the industrial internet sectors. We begin our show by looking at China's financial sector. China's central bank kept benchmark lending rates unchanged at a monthly fixing on Monday. The one-year loan prime rate, or LPR, stood at 3.45%, while the five-year LPR was kept at 4.2%. Most new and outstanding loans in the country are based on the one-year LPR, while the five-year interest rates affect mortgage pricing. Industry insiders think there is still room to reduce rates this year depending on the comprehensive performance of domestic real economy financing demand, real estate recovery, and bank net interest margin pressure. China's medium and small sized commercial banks have taken decisive action to slash deposit rates targeting one, three and five year terms. This marks the third wave of cuts since September of last year. Experts predict that listed deposit rates could see further reductions of 10 to 30 basis points in the near future. The main driver behind these adjustments is the net interest margin, a crucial indicator indicator of bank efficiency. Banks are also tightening the reins on high-interest deposits, effectively lowering the cost of bank liabilities. The move is expected to help strike a balance between attracting deposits and ensuring a healthy net interest margin. Consumer lending rates in China have been coming down as banks step up
3: to stimulate consumption. Zhang Xuan has more. Multiple commercial banks in China have recently lowered their interest rate for consumer loans. Some have kept their annualized interest rate as low as 3%.
4: My wife bought a car with a loan. The
1: interest rate has been lower.
4: Interest rates at banks have been lowered from 4% to less than 3%, and they're expected to decline further, which means money saved in the bank will not catch up with the inflation rate so people would get the money out for investment or consumption.
3: The Bank of Communications Shanghai branch has served more than 10,000 car buyers with its preferential consumer loans.
4: We have been actively participating in Shanghai's Double Five Shopping Festival and the Shanghai Tourism Festival, as well as some hot seasons like the National Day Holiday and the Double Eleven Shopping Festival. We also provide preferential services for newcomers to the city to help them with professional education, rental, and daily consumption. Our car consumption finance has cooperated with almost 300 agencies in Shanghai.
3: The economic data the National Bureau of Statistics released last week showed that the recovery of the Chinese economy continued in October. The total retail sales of consumer goods increased by 7.6% in October year-on-year. 2.1 2.1 percentage points higher than the previous month. In the first three quarters of this year, the contribution rate of consumption expenditure to economic growth reached 83.2%, 6 percentage points higher than that of the first half of the year. Zhang Xuan ICS for CTTN, Shanghai. Now for more
2: discussions on how the latest monetary policy decisions could impact the Chinese economy and more, we're joined by Liu Zhiqin, Senior Fellow at the Chongyang Institute for Financial Studies of Benjamin University of China. So Professor Liu, the latest LPR announced by the China's Central Bank remains unchanged from last month. What effect is this going to have on lending
1: rates? Since October, we can see the general Situation in economic development in China is quite stable. So that's policy makes two remarkable points. The first point that it shows the overall the economic. Development is very stable, so there is no need to have a big changes, especially for monetary policy policy to big make a big change. The RPI is very essential for China's financial market. It's also very important factor and in index for economic development. Though especially for those entrepreneurs and small size companies, but nowadays I think that the whole situation is quite stable, so there's no need to make such policy change And secondly, we can see from the investment side and from the consumption side, from both sides, they have no big desire to expand their business or their activities. At every year's beginning, all the banks are struggling to have more deficit in order to have a high rate of market share. Now, by the end of the year, they are trying to have more borrowing in order to show their profits, in order to show their uh, uh, a success in the market share. So from both sides, uh, we can see that the, this is the trend of the development in financial sections. So I think there's no reason that to worry about the LPR, whether we should change it in December, because by the end of this year, we have to try to make all this... Uh, and monetary policy very stable in order to achieve our final GDP goal by the end of the year.
2: And how will investment and consumption be affected as we just heard multiple banks have lowered their deposit rates in China?
1: I have to say frankly that the deficit rating in all banks have a clear important role, but not decisive role to have more investment or to have more consumption. Because the deficit rate is quite high, in China it's very special very unique in the world in the global economic development market from the from the landscape many foreigners or the experts try to ask chinese that to reduce the deficit in china we have different ways the high deficit is really very good support for the stabilizing of the financial situation in whole china why China can overcome all the difficulties and challenges in the past 30 years. One of the major reasons is that the Chinese society has a very high, very stable, very solid deficit rate. So this is a very fundamental for the stabilizing of the country. So I think the, the, the small banks and the commercial banks, they are trying to have more uh, borrowing. At the beginning, they have want to have more deficit, only for both sides, the order to increase the bank itself their profits by the end of the year. But actually, in real business, in real economy, I think that all these banks will do their own within their capability. They cannot expand their business or without the limit. So in this way, that I don't think there's a big negative effect on the small banks and the multiple. Uh, financial banks to have more policy changes.
2: Yeah, And how will financial institutions react to the possibility of increased borrowing needs?
1: I think in this way, two things I should say frankly, that by the end of the year, all these uh, major companies and entrepreneurs are not eager to have more borrowers. This is the fact. Because this is the time for the entrepreneur, to the factories, to the top managers, to calculate their profit and their losses. This is not the best time to have more borrowing, to have more investment. So otherwise this time, November and December, is a quiet time that the people need a peaceful calculation and they're rethinking. They are trying to make a, how to say, the five plan or one year plan for the next year. So I mean that this time period, November and December, uh, no big Delay, no big demand for the, uh, the borrowing, but uh, it's quite a stable because they have to finish their project already started. This mm-hmm. is the point. So this way that we can see the next height uh, or, or the turning point for borrowing is the beginning of the next year because they have to plan their new projects, they have to make more investment, they have to prepare their financial uh, uh, resources. So I think We don't need to have more concerns about this uh, tendency.
2: Yeah, all right, thank you so much for your insights. Really appreciate your time. Liu Zhijin, senior fellow at the Chongyang Institute for Financial Studies of Renmin University of China. China is actively working to support the development of more affordable rental housing projects across the country in order to address housing challenges. As part of this initiative, there has been an increased focus on introducing additional financial instruments like the real estate investment trusts, to facilitate the financing of affordable rental housing. Our engineer
5: brings us more details. The idea of REITs is not new. The real estate market has been talking about them for decades. The term stands for Real Estate Investment Trust, and they are put together by brokers to channel funds into specific property projects, with yields coming from the income generated by the real estate project. In 2022, China's first four affordable rental housing REITs were listed and traded on the a share market, and in the first three quarters of the year, all the rental housing projects under the four REITs reported steady performance, with the REITs' earnings exceeding 2 trillion yuan, in line with their own expectations. Housing experts say the introduction of the REITs marked an important milestone for China's rental housing market.
6: I think it provides a good excellent financing channel for all the investors and operators while we we know that rental housing uh, in terms of asset type and the operating model, it has a long uh, return period, so REITS provides a good exit channel for that. Secondly, uh, the REITS uh, initiative does require a lot of criteria on the asset management performance in terms of stabilizing uh, rental performance and occupancy rate, so that will help to drive the sustainable development and the growth of the market.
5: And there are more on the way. Shanghai-based Chen was Affordable rental housing REITs, with Tai Jun'an as its manager, is now under review by the Shanghai Stock Exchange. China Construction Bank also stated that the National Development and Reform Commission is assessing its own REIT application. Industry insiders say it's the huge market potential that promotes the introduction of REITs for affordable rental housing
1: people in China in the next 5 to 10 years, the movement will be much more frequently compared to 5 to 10 years ago. So I think the rental market actually now um, provides some opportunity, some demand is there. The macro policy is more leaning towards to the property market. And compared to the traditional property investment, the risk provides the higher liquidity for the investor. Um, to invest. So I think that's one of the major advantages for the investor jumping to rates.
5: According to the Ministry of Housing and Urban Rural Development, China plans to add 6.5 million government-subsidized rental houses in 40 key cities to help an estimated 13 million people in need of affordable housing during the 14th five-year plan period, which ends in 2025. Injury Jui, ISIS for CGTN, Shanghai.
2: Uruguayan President Louis Alberto LaSalle Po has just arrived in Beijing for a state visit. A reporter, is is at the Beijing International Airport with the latest.
7: Fresh in Beijing, the Uruguayan President Louis Pou begins his state visit to China at the invitation of Chinese President Xi Jinping. This marks his first visit to China during his term in office. And the president is leading a large delegation. And according to Uruguayan official, the delegation includes key ministers and business representatives. Um, Chinese Assistant Minister of Foreign Affairs, Hua Ying, has warmly welcomed the delegation, joined by the Guard of Honor. Uruguayan officials say the president's week-long schedule lasts from Monday to Friday and involves meetings with top Chinese officials. He will take part in promotional events showcasing goods, services, and Uruguay's trademarks. President Pou is also slated to deliver a Master Lecture at Tsinghua University. And on Wednesday, the Uruguayan leader will attend a seminar on the investment opportunities before meeting President Xi Jinping. The official website for the Uruguayan president highlights the visit's objectives. The message emphasizes the intent to strengthen economic and diplomatic relations with China their main trading partner. Coinciding with the 35th anniversary of diplomatic ties, the visit follows earlier successful trips by Uruguayan officials to China this year, um, including foreign industry, agriculture and fishery ministers. Both sides say the outcomes have been fruitful, fostering optimism for future bilateral trade cooperation and a deeper strategic partnership. Cao Bing, CGTN. Beijing International Airport.
2: Economic ties between China and Uruguay have strengthened in recent years with bilateral cooperation expanding to sectors beyond agriculture. CGTN's Zheng Chunying spoke to Wang Xiaoyuan, former Chinese ambassador to Uruguay, for more insights.
8: Bilateral relations between China and Uruguay have sustained healthy development since the establishment of the ties in 1988. That's according to Wang Xiaoyuan, the former Chinese ambassador to Uruguay. He cited continuous growth in trade and increased
3: all level exchanges. In 2022, bilateral trade reached 7.44 billion U.S. dollars. That's more than 60 times as much as in 1988. China has become Uruguay's largest trading partner and the bilateral political relations have also been stable.
8: Looking ahead, with Uruguay being an important agricultural exporter, expert says it has drawn trade complementarity with China and there is great cooperation potential to be further tapped in this sector.
3: China has a nihilistic, long-term demand for these products. China's increased imports will bring material support to the Uruguayan economy. Simultaneously, Chinese people will also benefit from these green agriculture products from Uruguay.
8: Renewable energy is another key area where the two countries have engaged. As one of the first Latin American countries to join the Belt and Road Initiative, China and Uruguay cooperated under this framework to promote green development. Now we want to go into a second energy transformation, to, to decarbonize the rest of the economy. But also we see that we have an opportunity as a an exporter of renewable energy for the world. We could install a lot of wind power and solar power. The problem is that we are thinking that more in the way of turning it into green hydrogen and exporting it to countries that have industrial intensive economies, such as China, and needs to substitute high energy intensive fossil fuels besides trade and economic cooperation experts also highlighted the potential in cultural and people-to-people exchanges they expressed optimism about the future of china Uruguay relations adding that the president's visit to china this time will hopefully bring the partnership even closer which is in line with the interests of both people <speaking in foreign language>
2: Expos in China are being used to showcase the latest trends and provide opportunities for participants. We have launched a new series looking into the expos taking place around the country, which will focus on the role of these events in accelerating industrial upgrading and regional cooperation. Today, our reporter visits the 7th Silk Road International Expo. The exhibition brought together officials and business leaders from dozens of countries to foster future economic partnerships. One of the main focuses was the China-Europe freight train, a key service that's transformed cross-border trade over the past decade. Yang Jinghao reports on the future of the railway and the opportunities it promises.
9: The Silk Road International Expo in Xi'an this year has brought together a diverse range of exhibitors from about 30 countries.
7: We have these cookies from Belarus, um, cream cheese, and
3: caviar.
9: The exhibitor's company specializes in imports and exports between China and Belarus. She says around 80% of their products are transported by the rail system. Here at the Xi'an International Port, the Chang'an China Europe freight train settled for the very first time in November 2013. Over the past decade, the service has completed over 20,000 trips and the transport route has grown from 1 to 17. The routes cover nearly the entire Eurasian region with transport efficiency continuously
6: improving. when the service was just launched, the products were mainly equipment such as brake-making machines and petroleum machinery. Now the categories has expanded to new energy vehicles, solar photovoltaic panels and consumer
9: electronics. This year also marks the 10th anniversary of the Belt and Road Initiative. Participating countries say they recognize the important developmental role this modern silk road has played.
0: Apparently. More than 80% of the container railway routes from China to Europe pass through Belarus we are also taking this opportunity to send trains to Chinese cities such as Xi'an, Chengdu, and Chongqing. Over the past 10 years, our trade turnover has been steadily growing, which contributes to the development of our bilateral ties.
9: During the expo, Chinese and overseas operators have also discussed strategies to promote the high-quality development of the freight service over the next decade.
6: We will uh, do everything that the railway stay um, uh, competitive in terms of rates, in terms of transit time and um, in terms of uh, quality service, so the industry um, will still search for such a solution and bring their goods by railway uh, between uh, all uh, countries on the Eurasian corridor.
9: A series of business forums and meetings have explored investment opportunities during the five-day
6: event we are uh, considering to establish uh, food processing factories in Xi'an or in Shaanxi province because uh, Xi'an and Shaanxi province is uh, famous for its agricultural products. So this is necessary for the, um, as a raw material for the processed food.
9: Yang Zikhao, CGTN, Xi'an, Shaanxi province.
2: The China 5G Plus Industrial Internet Conference has kicked off in the central Chinese city of Wuhan. The event is jointly hosted by the Ministry of Industry and Information Technology and the People's Government of Hubei Province. Dai Kaiyi has more.
0: With Chinese Vice Premier Zhang Guqin officially declaring the conference open, this year's China 5G Plus Industrial Internet Conference aims to advance the integration of digital and real economies while fostering innovation in
4: 5G and the industrial Internet. We must accurately grasp the role and positioning of 5G plus industrial internet in the overall picture of new industrialization. We aim to vigorously promote the high-quality development and large-scale application of 5G plus industrial internet fully unleashing its impact and better supporting the advancement of new industrialization. China has made substantial strides
0: in 5G plus industrial internet, boasting the world's largest and most technologically advanced international network, which includes more than 3 million 5G base stations.
1: The
4: robust development of the digital economy has significantly changed the global allocation of resources, industrial development patterns, and people's lifestyles. Driving the convergence of 5G plus industrial Internet is a strategic choice to seize the opportunities of the new round of technological revolution and industrial transformation. The conference aims to harness a variety of resources from
0: politics, industry, academia and research to explore new generation information technologies such as 5G and artificial intelligence. It unveiled key reports including the National 5G Plus Industrial Internet Development Index and the 2023 Research
4: Report on China's Urban Digital Economy. We will vigorously promote industrial innovation, conduct collaborative research across the industrial chain, advance the systematic breakthroughs of key product systems like industrial internet and industrial software public systems. Establish the 5G plus industrial internet standard system and leverage 5G's leading advantages. The three-day conference will focus on topics such as new infrastructure, industrial transformation
0: and upgrades. It includes an opening ceremony, two thematic sessions, 20 parallel sessions and numerous featured activities. As the first national level conference in the area of 5G and the industrial internet, the conference has been successfully held for three consecutive years. In its fourth edition, the gathering focuses on fostering an even deeper integration of the digital and real economies, providing crucial support for advancing new industrialization. What?
2: Global manufacturers of new energy vehicles say improving relations between China and the U.S. is inspiring confidence in future exports. At the ongoing Guangzhou Auto Show, leading EV companies also expressed optimism over renewed commitments to promote trade and combat climate change by world leaders attending the recently concluded APEC Summit meetings. Take a listen. From
6: As entrepreneurs, we are pleased to see China-U.S. relations improve. Trade war, technology bottlenecks, uncertainties in supply and market have made the last few years very difficult. Right now, U.S. rate hikes are affecting our economy. Our currency trading, property sector and stock markets are also under pressure. If China and the U.S. can work together, it is amazing news because it would improve our economies and help us export globally. Currently, there's a very high barrier in exporting to the U.S. Right now, foreign cars in the U.S. market are mostly made in Japan and Korea. It's a global brand. China is a priority for our investments because EV manufacturing, supply chain and R&D resources are all here. Of course, we hope the relations between China and the U.S. will improve. Of course, we hope the world economy is steadily growing and thriving.
2: One of the biggest car shows in the U.S. is underway. Some of the biggest names in the industry are revealing their newest models and concept cars at the Los Angeles Auto Show. And this year, most brands are displaying at least one electric or hybrid car, a sign that the auto industry as a whole is moving toward EVs. Our correspondent, Eddie Tianzan, reports from Los Angeles.
6: Electric vehicles have come a long way with this week's Los Angeles Auto Show revealing multiple new EV models by almost every brand.
4: You know, at a corporate level, Honda and Acura, um, you know, we're committed to uh, carbon neutrality by 2050. And, you know, that starts uh you know with our electrifying our lineup
6: for Acura this is their first all electric SUV and every brand in this exhibition has revealed at least one all electric or hybrid car this year a strong sign of the auto industry leaning toward electric but the transition has been gradual
7: i would see electric be more into major cities where the charging stations are available some states they're a little bit hesitant about the whole electric world, They will probably transition more into hybrid. But um, the gasoline as well is very much still, a, a, people do want to buy that as well. But the transition is happening slowly through the hybrids.
6: A significant portion of the Biden administration's trillion-dollar infrastructure bill includes funding for projects that aim to prepare America for a larger EV network.
2: It's projected that the U.S. is going to need about 300,000 fast chargers by 2030. We
4: have over 30,000 today. So that's a, that's a growth of 10x. There are, thankfully, a lot of funding programs that are out there to help support expansion of fast charging infrastructure. So we're, we're growing
2: as fast as we can to meet the growing demand.
6: But demand is also limited by affordability, with many combustion engine models still going for more competitive prices. And while Chinese automakers have much lower price points, the Trump-era tariffs on Chinese vehicles have kept their numbers limited in the U.S. auto market. Certainly, um, if you look at at more recent trends in the production of electric vehicles, um, certainly you have to look at the the Chinese product as being one that could very well be... um, of interest to the American consumer. For the time being, big brands in the U.S. car market are already focusing their efforts through electrification at a time when billions of dollars are being spent on changing the infrastructure for a carbon neutral future. It is Tian Shan, CGTN,
2: Los Angeles. And that will do it for this edition of Global Business and Charlene
4: in Beijing.